0: Knows how to play poker. Poker poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well,
1: get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear
0: interviews with the stars.
1: Get information on when to play. Where to play. And how to play better poker. poker. This is poker action line, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez.
2: And welcome once again, everyone. A long week over at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood, Florida. For the Seminole Hard Rock, Hard Rock Poker Open, a long week and a half of uh, events that finished up last night, or actually finished up today, in the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> uh, Big Dave Lemon along with Joe Rodriguez. Uh, Joe back uh, last week on the program and back again this week. I'm glad uh, it's starting to feel better.
1: Yeah, better. well, f- feeling a little bit better, but still can't drive. I saw, so I've got friends and family chauffeuring me around. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, I can think of three guys that probably still aren't up yet.
1: Uh, Martin Kozlov,
2: who won the main event about four o'clock in the morning this
1: morning.
2: Wow. Uh, well, I guess was was. Well, a, I would the, imagine
1: yeah. he partied until uh, the very. Yeah, he may early. not
2: have gone to sleep yet.
1: Exactly.
2: Uh, also, uh, Dylan Drazin, who he beat heads up uh, in the in the main event final. Uh, they they played for a long time. I'll tell you what they played for. Uh, Thirteen hours on the final table.
1: What? Heads
2: up? No, final table. Oh, final. I'm sorry. But I tell you what, uh, when they got down to five, uh, it probably was a good three hours before the next guy went out. Wow. Uh, I was there last night, and uh, by the way, the other one uh, is a good friend of yours, uh, well, pretty good friend, I guess you could say, uh, since he plays at your, your table sometimes over at is uh, Alex Turiansky, who yes. w- who won the $10,000 event, which was not a part of the Big Four, but was a great add-on event that they added at the end, and uh, he won about 3.30 in the morning, I
1: think. Yeah, and, and for people who don't remember that name, just let them know that Alex was the bubble boy couple of years ago on the main event table. Yeah, losing to Mark Newhouse, I believe, with pocket fours against pocket fives.
2: And so uh, he collected seven hundred and fifty thousand. That's probably the worst three quarters of a million dollars he ever won. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he must have been
1: yeah, you're you're happy you're getting three quarters of a million, but you're pissed that you missed that final table
2: Well when you get back to work and he plays at your table you have plenty to talk about because he collects uh three hundred and thirty four thousand excuse me for this one. Uh and uh Uh, It was 118 entries in that $10,000 buy-in. Not a part of the Big Four, so not as uh, heavily covered as some of the other things. Uh, 16 hours of play in that tournament, uh, which started... On the final table? Oh, it was was a a one-day event? That was a one-day event. Uh, That's not too bad, 16 hours with 118 players. Yeah, but it was a full day and uh, went all the way down to... Uh, you know, about 3 or 3.30 in the morning. But uh, players like Dan Coleman, Kate Hall, uh, Nick Shulman, Eric Seidel, Matt Lance, just a tremendous field. Uh, Ike Haxton, uh, Mike Dentale was there and uh, I guess made the money as well. So uh, tremendous field to end out things, and uh, there was a lot of really great players there all weekend, so it was a lot of fun to watch and see everybody uh take part but uh i want to talk a little bit about the results and we have interviews on the show tonight i got a chance to uh, talk with maria ho who was there doing some uh commentary for the uh, cameras the live stream um poker night in america stuff too and uh, she was very kind to give me a few minutes uh we talked also i interviewed the champion of the high roller which is john andress the guy i was not familiar with and uh, i said so to him i said i don't know anything about you but uh uh, I wanted to find out, uh, you know, how things went in this high roller for you, and there were a lot of big name players, obviously, in that one too. Uh, he beat Mike Leah heads up for the win there. But I want to run down some of the results. Uh, last week when we were on the show, we talked a little bit about the Conine tournament, which was, uh, I guess, a Monday great success. Night. Too. Yeah, uh, 307 players they ended up with, and raised over seventy thousand dollars for Conine Clubhouse at uh, the Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. And just a great event there. Then, of course, we kicked into some of the major events. Uh, they first start off with an $1,100 event, which was run by Brian Altman. Uh, they also had a uh, had the main event started the the, the same day, on the 11th. Uh, had two opening days for that. Uh, smashed their guarantee. Of course, they dropped it to $3 million this year, but they had over $4.3 million, I think, in the prize pool when they ended up. Uh, there was a $2,650 with a, just a tremendous field. I was glad to see Jackie Scott make the final table there. Uh, Jackie's been on the show with us, having won the ladies' event a couple years ago, and a local uh, real estate agent that deals with a lot of poker players. She's this great person, and uh, we actually hung out at the aisle about two weeks ago. Uh, watching Abby Daniels at the final table. So I uh, got a chance to hang with her and uh, had a good time. And then there was the, uh, that was the 2650, and then there was a high roller as well that uh, was won by Andres over uh, Mike Leah. So the winner of the main event, uh, 246 hands at the final table
1: wow, for that 13 hours.
2: But they got down to five uh, right after uh, Aaron Mermelstein, who was a chip leader in this event for a long time, He ended up getting knocked out in sixth, and that left the final five, and they played for like three hours before the next person fell knocked out. It was amazing and boring, I have to say. Uh, Just one of those tournaments where the chips are just moving around, but nobody's making any huge plays. Uh, You know, pretty tight play. You know, Uh, I mean, guys had like seven, seven, eight million chips, and the pots are like two, three hundred thousand.
1: Yeah, no one no one was in the mood to gamble. Yeah. They were there to play poker.
2: Yeah. Uh 887 entries in this tournament. Uh uh Kozlov uh won a World Series po- poker bracelet back in 2016, but this was his largest cash for 754,000. Um uh, they got done late in the morning, I tell you. And uh, uh Dylan Drazen was the guy who went down head to head with Kozlov and uh I don't know the exact timing of when it ended. I'm just seeing here that it was after one o'clock, but I think it was closer to three so <laughs> uh, Matt Berkey was a guy I wanted to talk to uh Matt has a uh video blog on PokerGo uh, poker go uh called Solve for Why, which is uh, very interesting and kind of uh, documents uh you know his his poker uh travels and that sort of thing along with a couple of his partners uh a couple of good friends uh, uh Jordan Young. And uh, Christos uh, Santos is the other guy. But anyway, you might want to check that out on PokerGo if you do have the app. It's a great app and uh, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, Yee Lee finished fourth. Michael Aaron from West Palm Beach finished fifth. Adam Levy, Luke Brereton, and Joe Cuther were all at the final table. But something that happened this year that had not happened in the three years of the Big Four... Uh, there was actually a player, Joe Cuther, who made two final tables. And, of course, wow. they all started at the same time. The thought was that they would all end approximately the same time, which was not the case. Uh, the first <laughs> yeah. three got done way earlier, and uh, the uh, the high roller was, was the latest of the of the three. But um, it was up to uh, Cuther to kind of jump back and forth. And it was kind of funny because... He had, uh, when everyone else had about 2 million chips and up, he had like 565000 at at the $1,100 tournament. Uh, he was kind of like middle of the pack uh, of the final table of the other one that he was in. And I started thinking about that. How would he play that? And, and if you think about it a little bit, once you just kind of, if you didn't re- weren't really thrilled about playing two tournaments at one time, the one that you had the least chance of going deep, would be the one that you start shoving a little bit and either try to, you know, raise your stack up real quick or get the hell out of there.
1: Well, it all depends on the blind structure at that time yeah, also, well, you know, because
2: that I you, can't answer. If you
1: don't if you don't have to gamble like that, if you don't have to take those chances, even though even if you are one of the shorter stacks, you don't play that way. Right. You know, you kind of wait to move your chips in the center of the pot and to, you know when you think you have a premium hand. Now, obviously, if the blind structure is high, that's the one table. Yeah, you, you know, I'm not going to say you're going to push with any two cards, but the first two that look decent to you, you're going to try to either double up or get knocked out so you can concentrate on the other on the other tournament. I, I, I'm just guessing since I've never been in I was in thinking about it, too.
2: Wouldn't you kind of look at that guy and say, try to get a feel for, is it this tournament that he's in with me or maybe one of the other ones that he might play a little more recklessly in order to get himself down to one table, and try to anticipate, you know, the kind of maybe the wider range of hands he might play and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously that's what you want to do, especially if you know that the table that he's playing on with you is the one where he's short-stacked. So you're kind of playing a bit of, I mean, I don't know, was he was he jumping hand-to-hand? Was I wasn't he there. At the, I didn't get, get there at that hands? time.
2: I, I know he went back and forth between the two tables. I don't know how quickly or... Or how many hands have played. You know, runner I
1: runner. mean, I w- I'd be judging as to how far he was moving back and forth. I'm sure players were trying to take advantage when he was at one table at, right. and he wasn't at the other, right, trying right. to get his ante or his blinds, to, as it may be. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously at the short end table, um, you know he's going to eventually push. So, you know, are you trying to entice him to push in when you've got a good hand, or are you trying to snap him off with uh, – you know, semi strong hand. Uh, again, uh, you kind of, kind of have to be there. I don't know what the blind structures were at that time in right. comparison to his stack. So, uh, but I'm sure people were trying to take advantage of him there. I mean, th- that's the nature of this game. That you know, the bigger stacks are going to always try to push the smaller stacks, knowing, you know, r- you know, real well that. Sooner or later, that person is going to shove his chips in the center of the stack.
2: Uh, it didn't work out all that well for him. He finished ninth in the main event. Uh, the good, uh, the good side of that is that he did take home seventy-five thousand for ninth place, and he finished eighth in the eleven hundred. So it took home how much for, for that? About fifteen.
1: You know what? I guarantee you, he's a little more disappointed because I don't know what his chip stack was in the main event. Was he shortest? He in the wasn't main the shortest. He was about in middle of the pack. I guess, so, that so that's middle. a very. Let me tell you. That's something that today he's probably thinking, damn, you know, I wish I had been eliminated because that 15000 even though it's a nice little payoff for an $1,100 buy-in, is probably not even close to what it would have happened if he had chipped – I mean, if he had moved up a couple of two or three positions right. and finished in sixth or fifth in the main event.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway um... – you know kind of an honor i guess to make two it final it is cables. an honor
1: but i guarantee kind of a grind. You, i guarantee you he's happy he made 90,000 but you know and the, i i i would imagine he's he's probably more pissed off than happy to be honest with you yeah. you know i i mean i would if i was in the middle of the pack of that main event i'm probably blaming my you know lack of concentration on one game trying to try to maximize my profit on both He probably, this did not work out the way he probably (laughs) foresaw this uh, happening for them with the two final tables. Well,
2: Kozlov and Drazen uh, went to uh, -to head-to-head play. Uh, Kozlov, 109 big blinds, and Drazen uh, had 68 big blinds. Uh, They battled for a few hands, and uh, Drazen called a three-bet shove when he had pocket tens, doubled up through Kozlov, and got back to even, so... That's something that I saw in that aisle tournament, too. A guy who battled from way behind, got back to even. Two hands later, Kozlov, who uh, lost the big lead, ends up uh, winning the tournament. Uh, he ended up with, uh, uh, there was king-queen, eight on the flop, two hearts. A uh, big bet of uh, $2.6 million on the four of spades turn, and then there was a two on the river. Uh Drazen was I guess looking the the said in the story he was looking for the hero call. He had Jack Eight, so he only had pocket eight or only had a pair of eights. Uh Kozlov was holding pocket kings, so a pretty easy uh, way to finish <laughs> things out there as he flopped the set on the yeah, on the, on the, on the and course. he
1: let his opponent bet into him probably every every round.
2: Exactly. So a uh, big tournament for Martin Kozlov and uh also awesome congratulations to Dylan Drazin and Matt Berkey for finishing third. Uh a nice appearance there for him as well.
1: Uh John so go ahead. Let me ask you something, Big Dave. I know you weren't a big fan of this two years ago when they did the four tables because the way they set it up. Was was it a little I know you enjoyed well. it a little more last year how about this year? I watched it, a couple of
2: tables on the stream for a while, and when, by the time I got there around dinner time, uh, they were down to two tables, so I didn't really get a whole feel of how it worked out, okay, to be honest.
1: So, I right. didn't want to
2: be there all day after being there the day before. <laughs> uh, Andres is uh, from Pennsylvania. He wins 801000 for the high roller, beating Mike Lee, as I mentioned, head to head. Other players at the final table Brandon Adams, who finished third, 351K, Chris uh, Hunichin, Big Honey, they call him. Tom Marchese, Omar Zazay, who won the uh, SHRPO main event a couple of years ago, Chance Cornuth, and Sam Panzeca at that final table. So, uh, tremendous players. Uh, Jason Mercier did play, did not uh, um, did not uh, make the money in that one. Uh, a lot of big-name players. Doug Polk played, uh, Nick Petrangelo, Bryn Kinney, uh, Kathy Laney, Joseph Chong was there, uh, Marvin Rettenmeier, Rayner Kempe. And as some of the others I mentioned, like Matt yeah, Lance. A, so, great all, field. All star
1: name there. Yeah. You know, all star field. I it was say. tremendous.
2: It was a lot of fun. And uh, they ended up giving out five titles that last day the Big Four plus
1: uh, the one that Alex Juriancy.
2: We'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, when we come back, uh, let's take our first break in the show. When we come back, we'll hear from Tony Burns. was kind of a wrap up of the event. So, we talked about several other things, including what's coming up for the Seminole Hard Rock. Uh, Very interesting uh, interview I had with him. And uh, we'll get to that when we come back from our break. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Of course, you can always pick up the show on uh, Hold'em Radio Network, a great place, or on SoundCloud on our website at Poker Action Line or on iTunes. Uh, We'll be back after these messages with our interview with Tony Burns.
1: This is Poker Action Line.
2: However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play for free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the play for real game becomes available later this year.
0: WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA full throttle drag racing series. Join Joe at 7pm Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com.
2: I'm with Tony Burns, and uh, I guess with the SHRPO back again, and uh, this makes like your second anniversary here, I think.
3: Yeah, this is anniversary number two, uh, started August 10, 2015, uh, with the first big four when we had Phil here, and uh, here we are, 2017, with uh, with and Stapes, and uh, another successful championship event. And uh, we're down to the final
2: five and uh, got a good group there. And it's been, as you say, another success. Uh, I don't want to say a sigh of relief uh, is in order right now, but uh, you had to be some trepidation coming in because of the switch to the new room. Tell me about how the move to the ballroom affected this tournament this year. Well, you know, we've been in the ballroom,
3: but we've worked on, you know, half the, half space, the space. Yeah, half the space that we're used to. Uh, in the past, we've had 90 tables, and in this uh, series, we had 54. But to see the numbers the way they were, and we were working off you know uh, more uh, limited space, um, you know just a testament that you know the players still came out. Uh, we still put on a great
2: product and uh, you know we're, we're, we're already looking forward to next year. I, I think the best addition was this 10,000 tournament that went off today. It was highly received and uh, people enjoyed it. And normally, you know if you didn't make a final big four final table, yeah, you know, you're on the way out of here, headed somewhere else. But this kept people around in a couple more year tournaments, and and uh, really turned out well.
3: Yeah, you know, credit goes to the director of uh, poker Bill Mason. You know, this was actually his idea. You know, he said, uh, "Why don't we Why don't we try out this 10K and throw a half a million on the tail end?" So that, you know, it's all credit to Bill there because I I really didn't think about uh, that myself, and uh, it made sense. Um, you know, and uh, I was just over there about uh, 15 20 minutes ago checking up on the guys. They're down to the final 18. Uh, some really good names over there Dan Coleman was sweating on the rail. Uh, Colin Dan Smith, the luckiest man in the, in the world. <laughs> and uh, so it's great to see those guys stick around. Uh, we had 118 entries today, which you know, when you're only looking to get you know 51 52 to meet the guarantee and you see that number more than double, uh, amazing. We've watched the numbers all day and just amazing turnout.
2: And that was the way throughout the tournament. I mean, you just shattered most of the guarantees. There was one little blip on the radar, but, uh, you know, you guys did really well again. Uh, um, I think people enjoy the fact that they bounce out one day, they can jump right back into something just as important the next
3: day. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is that, you know, you you give something that cascades, and that's the, the format of the big four. You know, we moved the big four, uh, the first leg to the front front end, the 1100, and it was awesome to see Joe Cuther, You know, made two final tables. I'm interested. I'm interested to see how that's going to look on TV. You know, with him going back and forth between the two tables, and and uh, that was an awesome experience for him. So, you know, once again, another fantastic uh, you know championship series, and uh, once again, looking forward to
2: 2018. You bring up Joe Cuther, and uh, I think uh, the fact that he was a short stack on one table. I wonder how people were looking that or were playing against him and said he may not want to play both tables at the same time, so he may be just jamming it in with the one he has a short stack
3: yeah, yeah, I mean he had more equity on the you know the five k event and he took that uh, cooler situation, but uh, you know he he played well, uh, I think his payouts were over ninety thousand dollars, so you know great great payday for him you know he uh, uh, on his way out he thanked for a great series and you know nobody likes to go out 8 and 9 but he uh, you know he seemed to enjoy himself along with the other guys and you know at the end of the series we we listened all the feedback uh, you know what what did the series do what what did how the, was the experience for the players and uh, we'll always continue to fine tune listen to the players and uh, and, and uh, get ready for the next one
2: this is what, the third year of the Big Four, I think, uh, and that's the first time that's happened where you had two guy make two different final tables at the same time. Uh, I'm surprised it hasn't happened before, but I think that's kind of a commentary on the state of the game right now, that there's so many good players out there.
3: Yeah, there was a lot of hypotheticals. Hey, Tony, what happens if I uh, make it? Are you going to do this? What are you going to do for me? And I was like, you're just going to become an insta-rock star. I mean, somebody that can make one final table, let alone two final tables in the same series. And I. It's First uh, person I've known to uh, live stream two final tables and uh, you know be on TV for two final tables, so I think that'll build him up a little bit, and he'll you know he'll go down as you know uh, part of his legacy, if you will. And <laughs> and um, but uh, yeah, we're 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 excited, you know, what what everything that uh, the Seminole Hard Rock does for poker, um, not only here in the local market but just nationally, and the guys that come from around around the world, and you know. I've been here two years now, and I couldn't be in a better place. And
2: the future is really bright. It's real bright. And when you look out of the garage and you, you see all the construction, it's pretty exciting. I know there's people, a lot of people talking. Just like to, I want to see this tournament in 2019 or maybe before then. But 2019, 2020, the hotel, the new hotel, uh, the new paradise or whatever the shopping area might be like. I mean, this is just going through the roof yeah I mean the
3: Seminole hard Rock um, is such a, a great company to work for. you know they care about their employees that they invest into poker um, and, and just to see what's going to happen the years to come right before our eyes you know you walk in every day you're watching the tower go up little by little uh, you're starting to feel the excitement you know just to think that I was here two years ago, and in two more years we're going to have this iconic tower that that's going to be able to be a visual from Miami Beach, from what I hear. So it's uh, yeah, it's um, it's exciting times. Uh, I could I I feel like I'm in a great spot here, and just uh, you know, like Matt Savage just walked by and just have Matt here and, and his continued toolage, and learn what I can do to you know, improve the tournaments, improve the guest experience. I mean, the man's been around, and um, and just to have him and Bill Mason and and some other great names that have helped my career out. It's it's definitely beneficial to everybody around.
2: I just got chills a little bit when I thought when I thought about that site of you say viewing it from South Beach or wherever because I go a lot of different places and the stadiums in a town are a great view from a lot of hotels and this is takes it to a whole other level.
3: I can't even imagine what it's going to look like and uh, you know time is going to tell so we'll see what uh, what the future is going to bring with it.
4: Okay.
2: Two two final topics. One uh, W. WPT Deep Stacks at Immaculate, San On Property, coming up in just a few days. Uh, I don't know if you're going to have anything to do with that, but uh, that kind of takes them to a into into your stratosphere a little bit.
3: Yeah, you know the WPT Deep Stacks, Chris Torina, everything that he's done uh, for the brand. You know the acquisition uh, of you know uh, from WPT to to bring them under their umbrella, and what they've done here. You know, is uh, we've set some of their records for their tour. And, uh, you know, the players here in South Florida have really enjoyed their structure, um, the experience they bring, and they're a great partner and, you know, for, the Seminole, uh, for Seminole Poker. And, uh, you know, they've had some great turnouts over in Immokalee, and uh, I, think they'll, uh, I think they'll experience another good one over there.
2: They only have, I think, six or seven tables in their regular room. Will they open up a tent for that? Is that what they'll do? They have a con- uh, convention
3: space. Uh, to where they can put in more tables. I don't know the exact amount, but they've ran this you know this tournament before and uh, and had you know some some strong turnouts, and uh, you know Rick uh, O'Connell over there, uh, the director of poker for Immokalee, and uh, you know some of our traveling staff members will make it over there and and help deliver another great product for the
2: Seminole brand and, and the partnership with WPG. Yeah, and I think it's actually the third year for that, so uh, we wish them luck. Uh, last thing is the circuit event, which is. Uh just around the corner now as well uh late September early October uh you've had such a long standing uh, partnership with the WPT is this present any problems for you guys to work with both sides of, of the two major uh, circuits you know no it's um we're not the first top
3: to do this um you know having the WSOP WPT Poker Night in America we, we partner up with some of the more premier, um, you know, brands in poker. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, every brand has its following, you know, WSOP has their, um, you know, their grinders that grind the circuit and it's going to be the first time they're going to get to experience the property. Um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to bring that excitement of the circuit back to South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's right around the corner. I mean, we're talking one month, yeah. and uh, you know, and then we'll have the Rock and Roll Poker Open in November, November fifteenth through the twenty ninth. So we're going to have three major tournaments uh, within four months, and uh, you know, I. I, uh, I I'm ready to get some rest, <laughs> but no, it's I, it, you know, I, I love what I do, and um, yeah, I, I can't wait to have everybody back in here next month.
2: I know you don't have a crystal ball, but how will it be to work with those guys? Will it be different? Uh, there'll be some changes, some uh, different people to deal with uh, with the with the WSOP. Uh, I'm sure you guys can handle it, but
3: uh... yeah, I don't I don't foresee any issues. I mean, um, you know, Jack Ethel, I've uh, I've met uh, years prior. Um, you know, we already have some talk. There's conversations in the background with, you know, their structures and and making sure that, you know, we implement, you know, some of their roles. They're very, very close to TDA. Um, So I I don't think that the experience that anybody's going to see is going to be any different with what they're used to. So, yeah, having the WSOP here is going to be great. The great, great people. You know, obviously we have the booth. Uh, we promoted this series, the SHRPO series, in Las Vegas this summer. And so there's relationships on the back end. And, and so it's, it's it's nothing, you know, nobody's strangers here. And, you know, when you stop and think about the poker world and the poker market, it's, it is a small world. Yeah, And a lot of people know each other, whether they worked over at the WSOP or, you know, we, you know it's uh it's a tight niche group,
2: and uh, we're really excited about the circuit coming. And in closing, uh, you, you have some time with your family. You can have some time for some rest. Will there be some time at the felt? You picked up a trophy very recently. Uh, will you be, get to play a little bit yourself, too? No, there will be no poker in the
3: forecast. I, right before the tournament started, I played over the, my former life's main and uh, made a nice run over there. And uh, But, no, the game plan is uh, after I wrap things up tomorrow, clean up the office, uh, get these last few tournaments out the door, uh, going to take about a week off. Uh, Jason Aldean, one of my favorite country singers, is going to be in town at uh, in West Palm on Saturday, so going to go to that uh, concert with my wife and and just enjoy being with the kids too. So uh, my mom just drove down from Indiana today, and my sister flies in tomorrow. Um, my daughter's birthday, or her third birthday, was last week, so we're gonna have a birthday party for her on Sunday. So. You know, the week's going to go fast, but I'm going to get to spend time with family and and just relax, and when I get back, we'll we'll get prepped for the uh, the circuit in uh, September. Okay, congratulations on another great job. Uh, Thank you, Dave. Okay.
2: That's Tony Burns, the tournament director over at Seminole Hard Rock, and obviously, Joe, they're doing fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you've been over there recently, but... Uh tremendous amount of construction going on, that whole, where you step out the I back door. I have not
1: been there. How's the poker area look well, the like? the
2: poker looks, looks tremendous, uh, and they kept it separate. The cash game's on one side, uh, a pretty permanent wall in, in the middle of the ballroom. So uh, basically you had half the ballroom where the tournament was, half the ballroom where the cash games were, and then a, a little leak over into that other meeting room for uh, some of the big major tournaments as well. Uh, but on the other side of the hotel, where you normally have the food court and the... Uh, uh, all the, all the uh, slot machines and that sort of thing. And you used to go out the door out to the Seminole Paradise. Now there's nothing out there. When we walk <laughs> out that door, there's nothing. Although Hard Rock Live is still in there, and that's where they played the final tournaments. But what you have to do is you walk through the glass doors, you make a left, and you come in the side of Hard Rock Live. So uh, they still have some concerts uh, there and several things upcoming, obviously. Uh, so a lot of stuff still happening there. But basically everything else is fenced off, uh, you know, uh, heavy machinery uh putting in the infra- infrastructure of the uh the sewers and the, and all the piping and electrical and everything out there but there actually is where the the Qatar shaped hotel is going to be is there's obviously a framework going up that's three or four stories high right now and uh there's going to be some uh, interesting uh lakes and uh landscaping and everything around it, too. So
1: Yeah, I can only imagine
2: how gorgeous it's going to look. It's going to be fantastic. And they're building another garage, uh, so two hotels and three, gar- four garages, I guess I'll have, and it's it's going to be something else. Uh, but uh, they're doing well. Uh, just a quick question for you. What do you think, what year
1: did the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood open? Did the Seminole Hard Rock open? Okay, let me this see. This facility, When? what year did that open? What year did that open? Okay. I'm going to say somewhere around 2000 2001? 2004. Okay, was a So they've early. done a, a tremendous
2: amount in uh 13 years and uh, uh obviously you were around the seminal
1: uh, the, the classic but casino. that was back in 94 so think about 90s, that 10 so years before 10 years
2: that. before sure
1: they used to have the some Santa Claus uh uh, theme park there, uh, <laughs> I remember from November to January. Uh,
2: one of these shows, the next couple uh, with you and I, I'd like to analyze some of the numbers of all the Paramutuals, the poker rooms. We had talked about One of our lit, uh, listeners sent us in a great rundown of the Paramutuals. Uh, Nick Sordle has an article about the Hard Rock and some of their numbers and that sort of thing. And as well. did
1: you see those numbers? I do. I mean, they are wow, it's amazing because, you know, I know we're going to break them all down. Uh, I guess casino by casino, but uh, you know I, I think as a spoiler alert, they, they they they're better than all of them combined.
2: Yeah, 579 million for the fiscal year, which ended at the end of June, uh, and the uh, paramutuals. Uh, you add their slot their slots and uh, their poker. poker, 578 million. For That's eight per Eight, eight
1: permutuals f- so compared with just the Hard Rock. Exactly.
2: So we'll talk about some of that and what's happened uh, recently with some of the legislature uh, stuff and uh, whether we're going to have a real compact or not. And uh, we'll do a whole show on that uh, upcoming. Let's take a break here, though, on the show. We'll finish up with some of the other events on the on the Hard Rock uh, circuit, and we'll get to our interview with Maria Ho when we return. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line. Pick us up on SoundCloud. Great place to grab the show. Also, uh, you go to our website, and you can get any of the previous shows if you run back on the Podbean pages and uh, go back to uh, March of 2010 for a lot of great programs. Yeah. Pretty amazing. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: We'll be back with more of the show after these messages.
1: This is Poker Action Line.
0: Huh, guys? Oh, yeah, it yeah is. this is so great. Uh-huh. I do say that myself. Um, hey, did you know that birthday parties actually help build confidence in kids?
4: Um, yeah, I did know that. Did you know that giving kids less sugar before bedtime helps them sleep better? Right, of course.
0: Yeah, I knew that. Um, did you know that strollers have the right of way on sidewalks? Oh yeah, I knew that.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Did you know that friendly kids statistically have more friends? <laughs> Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? yeah pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Obvious. Hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not?
3: I didn't know that.
4: <clears throat> think I knew that. No. No, you didn't. Parents who really know it all? know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back to the show. Poker Action Line with Big Dave and Joe uh, talking about WSHRPO which uh, finished up uh, at the wee hours this morning with uh, a couple of uh, tournament victories uh, in the wee hours and uh Really nice layout there with the big uh, guitar there, the seminal Hard Rock uh, guitar inside the room. It just looked, the place looked great. And uh, we mentioned some of the other winners, uh, that uh, John Andress was the winner. And I want to I ha- play a little interview I did with John after the tournament. I was not familiar with him, and I mentioned it in the interview, but uh, uh, defeated a great field, including head-to-head with Mike Leah. And uh, we had a few words. Uh, John Andress, uh, after his victory in the High Roller event. I'm with John Andress here at Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. And this is uh, the the $25,000 high roller. And I'm not embarrassed to say that I really don't know much about you. I mean, this is kind of a big breakout for
4: you. Tell us a little bit about how you feel right now. It's it's pretty surreal, uh, especially given the circumstances. I was
0: super short going into the money
4: in the last four or five years. I've had a lot of these opportunities.
0: I seem to fall short.
4: I mostly play cash games now, so I only get a few shots here at these big scores.
0: So it feels incredible to finally, like,
4: break through. Um, but uh, like like any big tournament with a lot of good players, you get to get lucky along the way, and that happened a lot, too.
2: I know you do have an EPT title in Prague, and uh, yeah. uh, they talked about that uh, going into the final table today. But do uh, you get intimidated at all when you see some of the big names? Mike Lee is very well known. He had a chip uh, lead coming in, or one of the two chip leaders coming uh, in.
4: Not really. I've been playing against these guys online for years, and, um, you know, I feel pretty comfortable in most of the spots. So... Uh, we are new. like the you know Played with everybody I played with in the money for you know four or five years, so it's nothing like too crazy. Yeah, <laughs> especially in a tournament like this, the structure's so fast. A lot of this stuff happens pre-flop. There's um, less post-flop play until maybe the final table.
2: A lot of talk outside the bubble now with the WPT coming in with the action clock this year, with the uh, one full table before the bubble, because for so long people get near the end. Some people like to stall and try to back their way into one payoff. But you said you were down to half a big blind yeah. right
4: before then. Well, uh, well, how do you
2: fight back on that?
4: <laughs> you just you just have to try to make the best decision and pay attention to what's going on and hope to yeah. get lucky. Yeah, there's not too much yeah. to say about that. Like the you know the math mostly dictates what you do, but uh, other than that, you gotta run good at the showdowns. How how did it go for you? Did you double up a couple times in a row that all of a sudden you're back in it? Well, I actually folded down to one big blind, tripled up, and then was in the big blinds, and another short stack was all in in the blinds. He doubled up. Um, and then uh, Kathy Lean ended up shoving and busting, so I got into money there, folded a couple of hands, and then the next thing you know, I had 30 blinds. So it's this, this pretty cool. I know it's just happened now, so you need time to
2: think about it. But what happens in the near future? Does this change how much you travel, what events you play in,
4: and that sort of thing? Uh, You know, um, I I was already planning to go to Macau this year, uh, and I always play the WPT at 5 Diamond in Vegas. But I, you know, I have a girlfriend and a dog, and I'm pretty happy with my situation at home. So I'm doing less poker traveling, at least. um, To me, you know, other than those spots, I'm not uh, planning on doing, like, a ton of traveling. I have a lot of weddings to go to. Okay. Well,
2: as Tiger Woods said one time, hello, world.
4: Yeah, yeah, hello, world. Okay. Thanks a lot. Uh, John Andrus, uh, he was
2: down a uh, three-to-one chip count going into head-to-head play against Mike Leah, battled back to even, then went down again. It took three more hours for them to finish after that, so they well, had a long a, one he's as a well. He's a definite
1: battler because he had half a big blind <laughs> prior to that to survive to this point. But like you said, the math kind of dictates when you push in that money, and then you got to get a little bit lucky. But still, that's impressive play. Yeah, absolutely. A couple tournaments I didn't
2: mention, uh, Alex Foxen was the winner of the 2650 freeze-out. Uh, they had 395 players. That was the only major tournament that didn't make the guarantee. They were about $70,000 short of the $1 million guarantee. Uh, but a great tournament as well. Jason Kuhn finished third in that one. Also, uh, Faraz Jaka was sixth. Uh, that was a great event. Uh, the first one, the $1,100 that started first, uh, drew 633 entries in that one. Uh, Brian Altman was the winner. He's uh, won another uh, trophy at the Hard Rock before, the Lucky Hearts in 2015. Uh, he earned an 118,000 for that one. And uh, then the extra event, uh, a guy that you know that plays at your table sometimes at Dania. I've is have dealt with uh Alex <laughs> Turiansky. Uh, we we uh, mentioned him before the show. Uh, you're not surprised he won. You know he's a very good
1: player. Oh, he's an outstanding player. You know, he's a consistent winner at my place. And that's a real crazy game that they play, play there, a uh, crazy really? PLO game that, that they play there. And, um, you know, like I said earlier in the show, you know, the, you're, you you got to be a pretty good player to reach, uh, you know, to be the bubble boy on the main event, which he was a few years ago, uh, taking home three-quarters of a million there. Um, he's a super nice guy too, Dave. Really? You know, that's, You know, it's so nice to see that because, you know, sometimes you – these people have success, and then it gets to their heads. He uh takes a lot of playful kidding from uh, a couple of the people <laughs> at the table and I've never seen him get upset. he's you know always has a great demeanor about himself and and he and he just plays solid you know let me tell you when I've seen him lose it's because I'd say nine out of ten times people are sucking out on him on the river, you know with two and three outers uh you know, he's an outstanding poker player, real nice guy. So I'm very happy for Alex. Well,
2: I want to look at the hand where he uh, took the lead. He was playing against Bryn Kinney, uh, who he ended up defeating Heads Up later on. But uh, the flop was uh, jack of hearts, nine of spades, three of spades. So two spades on the flop. uh, Turiansky, uh had limped before the... Uh, uh, before the flop, and and uh, Kenny had uh, checked his option. Uh, then after the flop, Turiansky bet fifteen thousand. Kenny called. The turn was a deuce of clubs. Turiansky checked. Kenny bet forty-one thousand. Turiansky called. And you're thinking, well, he probably doesn't have a whole lot, really. But he,
1: hell, yeah, uh, I was about to say, don't don't assume yeah, that he doesn't true. have a whole lot, that's especially true. from what I've seen how he plays. Yeah, so. I don't know
2: exactly what he was holding, but the three came on the river. And he checked, Kenny bet $97,000. I guarantee moved all in. It. Yeah, I was just going to say. So he might have had uh, like a, a, maybe a pair of nines or a pair of jacks or something and, and got a
1: full house in the river? Uh, the, the checking of the, what was it, the deuce on the turn? Was that the yeah. card you said, a deuce uh-huh. or a three on the turn? Uh, probably gave him his hand solidly there and obviously with a card that, doesn't look to change the texture of the board there much. Maybe holding Not a pair of
2: deuces, maybe? Could have
1: been holding a pair of deuces and, uh, you know, let his opponent, you know, kind of lead into him, which he did, and then he, you know,
2: check-raised him on the river. Yeah, if if that was the case, uh, that's a pretty uh, crafty check there. Uh, Kenny bet 97000 and Turianski shoved all in. Uh, can he fold it? So, uh, if, he well, holding, if he was folding pocket deuces and got his uh,
1: full house on the river? Well, uh, you got to remember, he got a bet on the turn from him once he checked. Right. He came out betting on the flop, okay, got called, catches probably his perfect card, Right. okay, checks to show weakness, gets a bet. The three doesn't really change much on the river, so he's checking, hoping that his opponent comes out with a large bet, which he did, and, then he moved in on him and got his opponent to fold. Well, I Who gave you that, I give you that
2: information so you can find out when you see him. When time. I
1: see him, well, listen, again, I haven't been to work in, in almost four weeks now, but uh, when I get a chance to talk to him about it, I, I will. As, as a matter of fact, I'm going to see if maybe he'd be willing to join us on the show. Yeah, would be that'd be nice. that would be great. That uh, would be great.
2: Kind of interesting final hand. Uh, uh, Kenny moved all in from the small blind with King 9 suited uh spades uh alex had uh, king 8 offsuit, uh king of diamonds 8 of
1: hearts so he's pretty much dominated right there
2: right uh the board ran out ace of clubs jack of hearts 3 of clubs and an 8 on the river gave him the uh gave him the win five uh, was a blank on the on the on the river but uh, the 8 on the turn was what uh, gave him the win so uh
1: got to have a little luck here and there as well right yeah you definitely need some luck you know i mean and you know he he saw the one of the worst hands he could see where his king his king is dominated right. by the nine eight. So you know once once that turn card came out and he had no flush draw or straight draw he was you know he was drawing dead to a three outer.
2: Of course at the time he had a huge chip lead at that point. Uh,
1: so. yeah I would imagine he's figuring. out he, seven to one. Seven to one he's calling his opponent who could be pushing with any two cards. King 8 is good. I'm just saying, you know, once you turn them over, you go shit. <laughs> I'm kind of i kind of uh, you know, blood screwed and tattooed. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So, but uh, like I said, Alex is such a nice guy and such a great poker player. Yeah. He really is.
2: Another great turnout. Uh, obviously the hotel doing well and uh everything's uh Moving forward at the Seminole Hard Rock, and uh, they will do it again at the end well, of September with the Seminole I'll, uh, I'll or the uh, WSOP Circuit.
1: I'll be there on the 26th to see an act over there. The wife's got me a ticket for uh, a comedian, Joe Coy, who's one of our favorites that's going to be playing there on the 26th. So I'll get a chance to see what it looks like in about
2: 10 days. Oh, good so. for you. Okay, let's take our last break on the show. When we come back, uh, we'll hear from Maria Ho and kind of get an idea of what she goes through as a hostess uh, at the tournament. And uh, we'll have some fun here as we finish things out on another edition of the show. Uh, Thanks for being with us. Don't forget, you can always go to uh, Stitcher.com and uh, download that app. There's lots of great, uh, awesome uh, podcasts on there. And, of course, uh, we mentioned Hold'em Radio and – uh, our website poker action line or you can just go to iTunes and search poker action line pick up the show every week uh it comes out and uh if you subscribe you'll get an automatic download for free so uh check it out uh, poker action line we'll be back with more next week as we move into uh, the late part of the summer uh, not dog days anymore. There's always something happening. Yeah. <laughs> it,
1: it's never dull in, in the whole poker world, let alone here in South Florida.
2: But let's take this break. When we come back, we'll hear from Maria Ho. And uh, I want to talk about uh, an upcoming show that I want to put together about uh, the fun in poker. And uh, we'll do one of those in the next few weeks as well. We'll be back with more on the show after this.
1: This is Poker Action Line.
2: odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play for free demonstration and I hope that you will join us when the play for real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe, Poker Action Line. Uh, always look forward to the... Uh, the big tournament's coming to town. because you get a chance to run into people that I've uh, wanted to interview for a long time. Uh, not everything works out all the time, of course. Uh, Joe Stapleton and Maria Ho did the uh, commentary basically uh, live inside the uh, Seminole Hard Rock. And that's a tough job when you get a tournament like this one that was just... It was boring, I tell you <laughs> what. It was unbelievably dragged out and... Uh, uh, I'm talking about the main event. The other ones got done a lot earlier, but uh, Joe is a funny guy, and I wanted to interview him. I didn't get a chance to because uh, there wasn't much time in the breaks. And But the night before, I got a chance to talk with Maria Ho, who is uh, whose star is really sparkling brightly, uh, doing a lot of uh, uh, commentary, playing well. Oh, she's the a GPL, great poker player, Captain of the Los Angeles Sunset in the GPL the first year uh which I asked her a question about that as well. But she gave me some time and I really appreciated it. Uh, over five minutes. And uh here's what she had to say when I talked to her the night before uh, the day of the big four. I'm here at the Seminole Hard Rock with Maria Ho and uh the last year and a half has been huge for you. I mean uh, I, I have to congratulate you on someone who really gets it as far as media, poker, being a star really. I mean it's you've been break out for you. Tell me a little bit about you know, what your thoughts were. I mean, obviously you did the Amazing Race years ago, but uh, last couple of years has been fantastic for you.
0: Yeah, I feel like, you know, poker was a passion that I had in college, and I feel really lucky that I've been able to turn it into a career. And just in the last year and a half, as you've said, in you know, the last few years, I feel like I've just made some, um, I've just taken advantage of some career opportunities that have come my way. Um, and that extends beyond just playing poker at the table so obviously broadcasting is something that I've really taken a a love and affinity for and I just think there's um, and I hope that there's something along those lines that I can be doing for years to come.
2: I mean people know that uh, you're obviously a pretty woman, uh, you have talent and all these things seem to work together. A lot of people have one thing or another but not all but the whole package and it's worked out great for you.
0: Thank you. That's very nice to say. I think the thing is, is I've realized that i spent so much of my life trying to get good at poker and I wanted to find ways in which I can extend my knowledge beyond playing poker. And I think broadcasting is the perfect way to do that because I still feel like I get to share my knowledge, but um, there's something about kind of, you know, being able to interact with people in that way where I feel like I'm kind of a teacher and I'm also kind of... Um, you know, talking to a broader audience, and that makes me feel a little bit more fulfilled than maybe just sitting at the poker table.
2: Well, you played tonight. You played in uh, the 2650, and you made a pretty deep run, but uh, I'm sure you're not happy right Mm -hmm. at this very moment. But uh, how do you mix the playing and the the broadcast work?
0: To me, I think the best of both worlds is what I'm going for. So obviously here at SHRPO, they're kind enough to allow me to both play and do something on the hosting, commentating, broadcast side, which I love. And so I don't want to choose right now. Um, I'm really happy to take any opportunity as it comes. And so um, as long as I keep getting offered that, I will try to do both for as long as I can.
2: I think a perfect example to me on how you get it is the GPL. Uh, You know, people could choose anybody they want for their team. you got Aaron Paul on your team and, of course, Fedor. And, uh, you know, to me, that just brought the focus to your team. And a lot of people don't even remember who was on the other teams.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge both sides of the game. Fedor is obviously one of the best poker players in the world right now and someone like Aaron is somebody who has a very deep love for the game and he might not be the best highest ranked GPI player in the world but we want to bring the people into the game that love the game and the people that are going to um, prolong this game the people that are going to keep this game going for years to come and those are the people that are not just playing for the money they're playing because they truly enjoy what they're doing and so I think it's the best of both worlds and I'm very very lucky that they both agreed to be on my team.
2: And what are your unfulfilled goals now as far as poker itself goes? Is it a bracelet? Is it uh, uh, you know obviously you've been the last woman standing at the main event a couple of times but uh, you know getting more women involved is that still a big focus of yours?
0: I think um, I would say a few of my biggest focuses are probably um, just being able to be a good ambassador for the game. Obviously we've seen a few periods in in poker history where this game is becoming a little stagnant in some ways and I think it's just about growing the game and keeping the love for the game alive. Um, That's really important to me but also just uh, and and being a good role model for women of course like uh, I've had women come up to me and say very very kind things and um, that kind of makes me feel like in some way I am paving the way like I don't want to make a bigger deal out of what it is that I'm doing but anytime I think a woman succeeds in a man's Uh, world, I think that there will be some women that will take notice of that, and they will want to maybe follow in some unconventional footsteps, and so anything that I can do to help that cause is uh, really important. Okay,
2: last question. Uh, Seminole Hard Rock has just burst on the scene in the last few years. I mean, obviously, when they did a $10 million guarantee years ago, people took notice, but everybody has to be here, it seems like, every year.
0: Yeah. I mean, people love this property. People love... I think it's a culmination of a couple things. They always have really good tournaments in the sense of they know how to position their schedule and the timing of it so that people want to be here at this time because there's a lot of other competing tournaments. Um, So they schedule it really well. There's always really good prize pools. The property is really nice and it's in a good area. Like nobody... It, it's not like somewhere, it's not like the dead of winter somewhere. Um, this is a very nice season here in Florida, and so people get to do things outside of playing poker.
2: And how do you prepare yourself now for the broadcast in the next couple of days?
0: Yeah, you know, I just shift my focus. Every every morning I wake up here and we shoot a video for SHRPO, and then I play the tournament in the afternoon. And now this was my last tournament, the 2650, and so now I can just focus on doing that. And, of course, I want to do as good of a job as I could. If I were to make a final table here. So. Okay.
2: Well, you are a great ambassador for the game. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank okay. you so much. Uh, that's Maria Ho, of course, uh, and uh, she continues to uh, to shoot up the charts as far as broadcasting goes. She's very good at it as far as uh, analyzing hands and things like that. Uh, not to mention, uh, she fits the bill, uh, you know, looks wise and and voice wise and that sort of thing. But uh, uh, been a fan of hers way back uh and she's been the last woman standing a couple times in the World Series of Poker but uh uh sky's the limit I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean like I said she's an outstanding poker player has been for a very long time. Um again, very beautiful lady and uh like you said uh beautiful speaker, you know, the uh you know, I I just see the sky's the limit for her as far as broadcasting, if that's the way she wants to go. Yeah,
2: no question. Uh,
1: there's
2: a lot of stuff uh, coming up in the uh, circuit, and uh, I did want to briefly touch on that. I, I did an interview with Matt Savage, as uh, he's always great with his time. I did about a 10-minute interview that I wanted to use in a future show, and unfortunately there was a uh, glitch in the uh, recording of it, and I'm not going to be able to use it. So uh just wanted to touch on the main thing I asked him about, was which is... The action clock, the WPT action clock, which started in 2016 and here at the Seminole Hard Rock at the uh, Tournament Champions, uh, they're going to use it, but only at the very end of tournaments. I guess the main concern about people stalling is when they're trying to make the money and they've got a short stack and and may take a couple of two, three, four minutes sometimes on a hand to try to sneak into the money.
1: Well, that's been going on for years and right. years
2: and years. So the fact is they're only going to use the action clock when they're within one table of the bubble, the money bubble. Okay. So if there's, uh, you know, however, if they're paying 70 spots, uh, it'll be a, you know, they'll start using the clock when they're down to, like, about
1: 78, 79 players. I I mean, you know, when you play online, that's a, a similar situation happens when you're, you know, you're very close to the bubble of making the money, and people are just, the short stacks are always the ones just, you know, taking the maximum amount of time that they allow you online you know being that I haven't been around a live tournament in a while I can only imagine you know how frustrating that gets with people on the table starting to to talk to you about and you know uh... I don't know. Did you get to see any of that? I mean, were you around any of that? Uh, they, th- didn't uh, this, they
2: didn't use it this,
1: this They weekend, did not the use term, it. But
2: they used it at uh, Choctaw, the opening event of the WPT season. And Matt said that it worked very well. There was almost no complaints about it. Uh, people are getting used to the idea. The people that... Uh, did use it last year at the tournament. Champions uh, loved it. Thought it went, worked great. Absolutely great.
1: Yeah. I listen. I think that most poker players. I'm. am I'm ta- And when I say most, I'm talking about well over ninety percent are going to be in favor of something like this because no one wants to be around that. I yeah. know. I know it, it kind of sucks because I've been there. I've been on both ends of it. But you know, when when you're close to bubbling after a long time of playing poker, whether it's many hours or, or a couple of days. Uh, you know you, you really at least want to make the money if you 're short stacked, but you know again, if we want to out want to grow this listen if we want to grow this game slash sport, you know we want to make this into into a must see event you 've got to make it appealing to the viewers and not just poker players you you 've got to attract sponsors, and the only way you 're going to attract sponsors is by getting non-poker players to say well let me see what all the excitement is about what all my friends and everybody's talking about with poker you know and it has to be something that's entertaining i mean we've been talking for years how people you know think the national pastime game baseball is too boring because it's too slow takes too much time well you know think about (laughs) you mentioned you've already mentioned it two or three times on this show how boring the main event was because of you know, the style, of the, the pace of play and everything else. So, you know, anything that speeds up that game and makes it a little bit more interesting, we get more sponsors, there's going to be more money for the players, and yeah. it's, it's just going to benefit the poker world in general.
2: Yeah. A uh, great article by Linda Johnson, which is currently on CardPlayer.com, is called The F Word, and the F meaning fun. <laughs>
4: uh,
2: it's, uh, it's a great article that I, I want to do a show on because there's a, a brand new... Uh, poker league with uh, a fellow that used to be with card runners uh, put together. His name is uh, Mike Schneider, and uh, he's got a new tour with some really interesting ideas called the uh, uh, poker is fun tour which kicks off in september and uh, i want to talk about some of the ideas he has to make the game a little more fun so uh, you know it is a cutthroat business people want to win money but they also want to have fun so there needs to be some kind of uh, meeting of the minds there to uh, get that done
1: listen i listen my my point of view is what's shown on tv dave is tournaments yeah so you've got to make the tournaments fun you got to make it entertaining because that's what they view you want to play, you know, a hard nose, a little tighter, a little, you know, a little less cordial. Is the cash games? Well, then, then you go, you go there. Right. You know, you play that game there. Then real we're really not televising that other, unless it's those nosebleed games where where all these guys have all, a ton of money to play with. But the tournaments you have to treat those a little differently especially when we're trying to you know air all of these tournaments and try to attract sponsors and 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 fans and people in general just to watch the game right
2: well we'll see what happens uh the next event over at the hard rock will be uh the world series of poker Circuit event. Uh, looks like there's 14 events on the schedule this year. It's not going to be the 12 events in 12 rings in 12 days. I think it does still run about 12 days, but that gets underway on September 21st uh, with an opening event that's a 580 buy-in with six op- opening sessions, and uh, concludes with the uh, ladies' event on uh, October 2nd. And uh, the 12th will be the high roller, or event 12, I should say, will be the high roller. The main event is no, is event 10A with uh, two opening sessions, one at 12 noon on September 29th, the second, uh, day 10B, or 1, 1B, actually, is uh, on September 30th. So uh, we'll look forward to that. In between now and then, there's a series over at uh, Seminole Immokalee, which is uh, about a 90-mile drive, I'm going to guess, uh, from here, for people that are interested in that. That is September 1st through the 10th. So it continues to be plenty of action driven by the Seminole Indians and uh uh, certainly uh, there will be stuff into the fall and that sort of thing. No November 9 to look forward to, but, again, uh, WPT Series heats up around the country and we'll see a lot of great stuff there.
1: Yeah, like I said, you know, po- poker is a year-round event now, so we got to enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Anyway, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, Joe, glad to, s- to see you feeling better, and uh, hopefully you'll be driving soon and back I to work. I hope so. I hope so. And uh, certainly we'll have some good shows, uh, line up some guests for you uh, in the upcoming days. By the way, I did see Stacy over there. Uh, She uh, ran pretty deep in in the the 2650. And there was quite a few women that did did very well in that one. In fact, at one table there was uh, Lexi Gavin, um, Lonnie Harwood, and Kate Hall all at the same table. And uh, also in the tournament was uh, Jackie Scott running very deep and Stacey Madison. So uh, it was really a nice uh, turnout for a lot of these events. And I saw a lot of people that I uh, enjoyed talking with. Anyway, that will do it for our show tonight. Uh, and we will be back with more next week. Uh, have some fun things to do. In fact, talking fun things, talking about the fun in poker, uh, we might do that next week. So we'll see what happens and uh, we'll get to that in another edition of the show. Thanks for being with us. Geo, thank you for everything. And we'll be back next week with another edition of Poker Action Live.
4: The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.